Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. A Merry Christmas Eve to you all as now everyone in the continental 48 states is on Christmas Eve as it is a look ahead with myself, Greg Peterson. Unfortunately, we don't necessarily have a lot to look ahead to when it comes to what we're going to be seeing on Christmas Eve. As many of you guys know, one of the most dead days of the entire sports season. But with that said, we do have a lot that's going to be going down on both Christmas Day, the day after Christmas. So here in the final hour, I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of what I take a look at when it comes to college basketball handicapping. Try to project forward a little bit as to teams that might be able to make you slash lose you a little bit of money. We're also going to be looking at player of the year odds when it comes to college basketball. Odds to be able to win the Wooden Award because I think that it's a relatively inefficient market right now. So we're going to be diving into that. We're going to be looking at some NFL right now. Not going to be able to give you any bets bets right now because, well, there's no bets that we're going to be having when it comes to Christmas Eve. But with that said, it's all about sort of, as they always like to say, teaching you how to fish. So that way we're able to get more fish when it comes to when we do wind up having games on the board. So we're going to be going through that. And we do have a great slate of NFL games for this weekend. Going to be taking a look at some NFC games here in this segment as I do think that this Giants versus Eagles game is certainly a fascination right now. You're finding the Eagles a lot of spots right around a 10 point favor with the total settling in at a 40 and a half. And I don't know about you, but I want absolutely no part of Mr. Mike Lennon right now. Daniel Jones has been shut down for the season. He is on injured reserve and with Mike Lennon, I mean to make things even worse. He's dealing with a lot of his skill players dealing with a little bit of injury. Saquon Barkley is right now questionable for the same. You've got 
you've got Kadarius Tony as well, who's dealing with a little bit of ailment. So this is a very brutal situation for the Giants. Sterling Shepard is now on injured reserve as well. So, I mean, you're just able to pile on and on when it comes to everything that is happening with the Giants. So this is, in my opinion, just a complete and utter dumpster fire of a team. And you just take a look at Mike Lennon as well. I would honestly give Jake Fromm the start in this one just because, I mean, Jake Fromm may not be great, but his name isn't Mike Lennon. So, I mean, that's all that you need to know. How about three touchdowns and seven interceptions in that game against the Dallas Cowboys? And, I mean, I recognize that the Cowboys defense is not necessarily as bad as they have been in the past, but, I mean, he completed 54% of his passes with three picks. I mean, it's not even like it was his first time out there with the Giants as well. I mean, this guy has been absolutely terrible. And I'm not out here saying that the Philadelphia Eagles defense is one of the world's greatest or anything like that. This is not the 85 Bears by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, you've got guys like Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox up front. You've got Josh Sweat doing a great job. And you got a banged-up Giants offensive line as well to add to it. So, I mean, you've got a bad quarterback dealing with a whole bunch of injuries when it comes to his skill set players, a banged-up offensive line, a defense that is pretty putrid right now itself. And, boy, you've got yourself a situation. I think you take a look at Jalen Hurts. I mean, you got to figure that he's probably going to be good to go in this one. He wound up being listed as questionable when it came to the injury report, but I mean, he was able to play through it a few days ago against Washington football team. And I like the way that Jalen Hurts has been able to perform recently. The three interceptions against the Giants, that was very unsightly, but and he's been able to show more flashes. He hasn't necessarily been able to, he hasn't been asked to do as much as well. I mean, you take a look at his most recent performances. I think that he's broken 200 yards once in the last five weeks. And what I like about the Eagles is that they're starting to utilize the ground game a little bit more. And I think that that's absolutely critical to a young quarterback. Like you wound up having Boston Scott a few weeks ago against the Giants. He wound up getting 15 carries. I don't know why they don't give him the ball more. This has been a guy that whenever they've given him the ball, Good things have wound up happening. And now you're dealing with Miles Sanders, dealing with a little bit of an injury. So I think that you do wind up seeing a little bit of an added workload for him. Jordan Howard in that game against Washington football team, 15 carries, 69 yards. It's not necessarily sexy, but it winds up just giving you a little bit of an option to take the ball a little bit more out of Jalen Hurts' hands. And I mean, even if it were to be Gardner Minshew, this is a Giants defense that haven't been able to hold up in any facet of the game. And when it comes to this, Eagles team as well. What I do like for the team is that you've had Dallas Goddard really be able to step up in that game against Washington. He wound up having seven carries for a buck 35, and he's been able to have a combined 240 yards the last two weeks. He certainly has been able to rise up and be able to give this team just a lot of production in general. This is a game which, with the total of 40 and a half, I think we might have went a little bit too low just because I do think that the Philadelphia Eagles do have a chance of being able to put up right around 50 or not 50 points, more like 28 points because you do have a Giants team that, boy, I mean, man, they are not good on defense. They are not good on offense. And you take a look at the Giants as well. Secondary, just completely bludgeoned at this point. Leonard Williams is dealing with an injury. So, man, the only place I'd be going with this total is the over. I don't know if I feel necessarily too great about that but i can tell you right now you know what side that's not getting my money the giants i want absolutely no part of them at this point this is a team that is flailing i think that they're going to be looking for a coach in the offseason as well daniel jones should have never been drafted in the top 10 i have no idea what they were doing and their quarterback that i thought was pretty mediocre has now been replaced by a guy by the name of mike lennon mike lennon as we know was one of the Worst contract signings in the history of football when you wind up seeing the Bears wind up going out and getting him a few years ago. So it's just, 
it's a mess right now out there in New York. Meanwhile, with the Philadelphia Eagles, it's less of a mess. So I feel a little bit better about that. We've got to be feeling a little bit better about this game as well, as I think that you're going to get a little bit of better football between the Minnesota Vikings and the LA Rams. This is one that I think is going to be one of your better matchups of the week. When it comes to the Vikings, you're already now finding them as a home underdog of three and a half points, and your total on this game is 49. And when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings, this has been a team in which you really need to be taking a look at Dalvin Cook. It seems like he's probably going to be out for this game. And with Dalvin Cook being out of the fold, that is just absolutely brutal. It seems as though you want testing positive for COVID-19, and I know that he was dealing with another injury on top of that. With Dalvin Cook being out of the fold, play becomes the LA Rams laying about three and a half points because I think that Dalvin Cook is one of the most impactful players to his team that is not a quarterback in all the NFL. We wound up seeing it a few weeks ago in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Racked up over 200 yards on the ground, and for that matter, at least 86 yards in four of the last five games that he's played in. Doesn't necessarily do a great job of being able to catch a ball in the up backfield, but does a relatively solid job there. And when it comes to this Minnesota Vikings team, you've got an offense that has been dealing with an injury to Adam Thielen. Now, I actually don't think that Adam Thielen does necessarily a whole heck of a lot when it comes to this Vikings pass team because you've got Justin Jefferson who's been able to step up. And I will say, K.J. Osborne has been able to show some flashes as well. This is someone that wound up having that big nine reception game against the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. He's got a touchdown in two out of the last three weeks. He's been able to do a serviceable job for this Minnesota Vikings team. But when you take a look at the guys that are going to be able to take the load off of Kirk Cousins, you've got Alexander Madison, who's been able to give you only about three and a half yards per carry. It's been relatively brutal whenever he's been out there. Now, I will say he did wind up having a big game a few weeks ago against the Detroit Lions, so I will give him his credit there, but it certainly is a big fall in my opinion, from Dalvin Cook. Meanwhile, you take a look at the defense of this Vikings team, and it's been looking better recently. Under Mike Zimmer, it always has been relatively solid, aside from the entirety of 2020, and he did wind up seeing it be a little bit tough out there in the first part of 2021, but I mean, these guys are starting to really play up to their billing. Patrick Peterson has been a nice addition out there in the secondary. I think that he's going to be able to come up with some big plays when it comes to this team. You take a look at just what you're able to get in general out of this front seven. They're starting to get a little bit more pressure, so I think that that's going to be very key for this Vikings team. Then you take a look at the LA Rams, though, and I think that they're really starting to come into their own as well. You had Matt Stafford really have his struggles that game against the Tennessee Titans was one of the worst showings that he's really had throughout his entirety of his career. So he's been able to rise up a little bit from that. And when it comes to these pieces all meshing together, I feel like it's getting better and better between the chemistry of he and Odell Beckham Jr. Beckham Jr. wound up having a nice seven reception game against the Arizona Cardinals two weeks ago, was able to have a touchdown there, was held in check against the Seattle Seahawks, but the team was able to still persevere. And then obviously you've got Cooper Cup. And I mean, man, just being able to get a little bit of attention away from Cooper Cup is terrific because this guy has been amazing. You got to feel like defenses are going to start to figure him out a little bit more. But now when you have to factor in Van Jefferson, well, long Odell Beckham Jr. makes the defensive's job all the more difficult. You've also got a Rams team that they've been relatively injury-free along the defense. Now, Jordan Fuller is going to be out for this game, but... You take a look at things and you've been able to keep all these star players relatively healthy. You still got Aaron Donald along Leonard Floyd up in that front seven. It's a Vikings team that they haven't dealt with a lot of injuries when it comes to the offensive line. And they've been able to, in my opinion, a good job of being able to keep Kirk Cousins upright. But when you take a look at this Rams team as well, what I think has been very big for them, Sony Michelle 
being able to step up for this team because we've actually seen this team go away from Daryl Henderson Jr. He's had 14 carries or fewer and now four of the last five weeks, but you saw Michelle get over 90 yards in their game on Tuesday, so he did a solid job there. And then when it comes to the Rams as well, what you've noticed with them is that they've just been able to keep Matthew Stafford upright as well. Matthew Stafford just throughout the entirety of his career while he was with the Detroit Lions. He wasn't able to stay healthy for one in a lot of years just because he was getting dropped so many times. But you take a look at it in 16 games last season with the Detroit Lions. He had 38 sacks. He's in 14 games thus far this year, had just 24. So I think that that's made a world of difference for Matthew Safford. Wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it to begin the season. Now he's been able to really rise up. He's been able to play some of his best football. So I take a look at it and with Dalvin Cook, now it looks like being out of the fold for the Minnesota Vikings. I will be taking a look at the LA Rams. And I do think that it's just so critical to be taking a look at this COVID-19 information. A big reason why I'm just not going to be firing in on a lot of these games early, even though I do like them, is because you just have the great unknown with them right now because you've just got a bunch of guys in general that are getting ruled out in just all sports. Not just the NFL, but it's the NBA. It's college basketball. You're able to go down the list. These guys are getting ruled out literally hours before the game. Heck, I mean, in some cases, minutes before the game. I still remember last year there was a game that I was doing for VSIN Bet Center. So that has been a little bit tough as this has been presented by Play Card Debit MasterCard. You're able to get paid faster than with a paper check and a deposit. Always be ready with Play Card. Visit PlayCard.com to apply today. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs to apply. And coming up next, we are going to be taking a look at some college basketball. That's right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. 
your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you miss any part of our show or anything else on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You're able to catch replays of all of our shows or download them and listen to them on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi line. Follow the money. Hey, there's one that I know, Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, and many more. They are all free and they are available now. VEASAN.com slash podcast is where you go for that or wherever you get your podcasts. I heard Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. They're just all over the place. The folks over the area of VEASAN have put them on just about every platform. So wherever you wind up getting podcasts, you're able to get them as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg. You wind up catching him on the nightcap and programming note. I'll be on the nightcap tomorrow. Unfortunately for myself, there isn't going to be a whole lot of games to be able to recap. But with that said, we'll be able to take a look forward as it is going to be a lot of fun. So there's going to be no Greg Peterson experience on Christmas Eve. Instead, it's going to be me on the nightcap. Going to be giving you guys everything that I've got in college basketball. We're going to be taking a look at some specialty things. As here, we are going to be taking a look at what we've all got with regards to something that I've noticed with regards to against the spread in college basketball. Also, the inefficiency of the Wooden Award odds as well. So we're going to be able to hit on that. Unfortunately, really not able to give any, uh, anything for Christmas Eve because the one bowl game that we were supposed to be getting with Memphis versus Hawaii, well, that has been canceled. So that is relatively brutal. But here in this, I guess you call it final hour, we're not going to be able to give you just as many bets when it comes to what we're going to be seeing on Christmas Eve, but we're able to prepare you to be able to win future bets because something that I always say when it comes to college basketball, really any sports that sport that I handicap bets that are won during the season and when games are taking place, they're won through great preparation and they're won by just being able to know your resources as well. And something that I think is very fascinating when it comes to handicapping college basketball, I ran through something that I take, took a look at in the last hour with regards to teams that force a lot of turnovers and just how amazing they've been against the spread. Well, something that you want to be taking note of these teams that they don't allow a point, bunch of points from three point land. They actually have not been necessarily good against the spread. I think that this is really fascinating because you wind up having three-point shooting defenses, and some of them are great. Some of them are, are absolutely terrible. But these teams that they cut off the three-point arc, they haven't necessarily been profitable for you. The We're going to run through the teams that are allowing the highest percentage of the points that they wind up allowing from three-point range and the lowest percentage as well. If I'll try to make this a little bit more clear for you. The team that is currently allowing the lowest percentage of the points that they give up from three-point range is Louisiana Lafayette, a.k.a. good old Louisiana, as they want to be known, the Raging Cajuns. They allow 18.3% of the points that they give up from three-point range, which means that the other 81.7%, they want to come from free throws and two-point shots. 
So they are the lowest team in all of college basketball with this aspect. They are currently 4-3-1 against the spread. Nothing great, nothing terrible. So they've been able to do a relatively respectable job. Number two is actually Ido. And I will say, Ido has actually been much better against the spread this year than they've been in the past. 7-2. This team has been a muddy burner for many years. They wanted pulling off that nice upset win when they wanted facing off against South Dakota State a few weeks ago. They were north of a 20-point underdog. So if you want to taking that, you want to making yourself a whole bunch of money. Then from there, you've got Illinois, Chicago. They're 5-5 five five against the spread. Nothing great, nothing terrible. You've got a San Diego team that wound up getting dump trucked a couple nights ago against UNLV. That was absolutely brutal to see after they wound up getting their nice win against Nevada. They have hit the skits. They are 4-7 and seven against the spread. UNC Asheville has been an intriguing one as well as I thought that there was a good chance that they'd be able to win the Big South this year thus far. They have not necessarily been living up to expectations, but against the spread, they are 6-3-1, which I find to be very intriguing. And then you've got from there, Sacramento State and Seton Hall. They are next on this list. And to put this into perspective, Sacramento State, who is finding themselves number six on this list, they have been giving up right around 20.8% of their points allowed from three-point range. With Sacramento State right now against the spread, this is a bunch of, they're finding themselves yeah, sort of teeter-tottering at three and four against the spread. And then from there, you've got Seton Hall, who is really the first noble team that you wind up seeing on this list. They are six to three against the spread. So these teams have been able to do a relatively solid job. And then you take a look at the team that is allowing the most points from three-point range. That'd be Delaware State. Delaware State is allowing, among the points that they give up, 45.3% of them from three-point range. So that shows you the divide right there. Louisiana, your top team, 18.3%. Your bottom team, is Delaware State at 45.3%. They currently against the spread are three and seven. And what you're going to notice is that the bottom teams, they haven't necessarily been great for you. How about the Syracuse Orange? And this makes all the sense in the world because they play that zone defense. The way that you attack a zone by, is by being able to knock down threes. They're four and six against the spread. I actually thought that they would be a little bit worse because you take a look at the Syracuse team, man. They allowed 100 points to Colgate. Colgate is best known for being a toothpaste. When you wind up allowing 100 points on your home floor to a toothpaste, that's not necessarily going great for you. So we've seen Syracuse have the worst of times there. And then you wind up having a Tulsa bunch. Eh? Typically under Frank Eighth is a relatively solid defensive team. And they're still not bad this year. They're 6-5 and five against the spread. So they've been relatively respectable there. Northern Iowa, thanks to being able to get a cover just barely against Wyoming because Wyoming bricked four free throws in literally the final 30 seconds of the Diamond Head Classic game. They are three and seven against the spread. Texas Tech is a team that they've been playing just a lot of lumber this year in general. And I will say, this is a Texas Tech team that in these big spreads, they haven't necessarily been too bad. They're six and five against the spread. From there, you're able to take a look at Mississippi State. They are allowing from three-point range about 41.9% of their points. They're a team that they're clocking in at 6-6 six and six against the spread, and then you've got a Western Kentucky team that they're just completely undisciplined in general. You wind up seeing them getting completely bludgeoned against Kentucky, 5-6 and six against the spread. So the teams that are allowing a very low percentage of points from three-point range are actually doing relatively well. Some of these teams, they are very much less than sexy because you take a look at the straight-up record of teams like Idaho. If you take a look at someone like a UNC Asheville, you'd be thinking, oh, boy. These teams are absolutely terrible, but against the spread, they've been relatively solid. I think the bigger thing is when it comes to these teams that they allow a lot of their points from three-point range, a lot of these teams have been fades. Northern Iowa, I mean, the fact that they were able to get the cover against Wyoming on Thursday, that was very much lucky. Delaware State, this is legitimately a bottom 10 team in all of college basketball. Syracuse is a team that right now I want no part of. You've got 
I guess you call it Bay I'm Cube with Jimmy, Buddy, what have you. And they've been able to do a relatively solid job. But I think that this is a very important part of your handicap because we see some games in which teams wind up busting out and they wind up being able to shoot very well from three-point range. And then you wind up seeing some teams shoot very bad. And while you are able to take a look at the three-point shooting team, the three-point shooting percentage of a team, it's very important to note the defense that they wind up going up against as well because year in and year out, they're not necessarily in the top 10, but they're always here. When it comes to the Houston Cougars, they're always a very good team at being able to shut down the three-pointer. Houston, year in and year out, has been a cash cow for you. When it comes to just against the spread record, since the beginning of the 2020-21 season, Houston's actually, I believe, now your number one team. They've been able to cover over 66% of their games over the last, we're going to call it 14 months or so. So they've been able to do an absolutely terrific job there. And when you take a look at three-point shooting percentage as well, because we just took a look at uh, the percentage of points that you're able to find from three-point range. But when it comes to actual raw three-point shooting percentage, what you're going to find, VCU above 500 against the spread. Iowa State, they've been amazing against the spread. They're covering right around 70% of their games. Utah has been more around 500-ish, but they've been solid. Kansas State has been able to cover a lot of spreads. I mentioned it with Louisiana, 4-3-1 and against the spread. Seton Hall has been able to make you money this year. They're number six. They're allowing opponents to shoot 24.7% from three-point range. Minnesota has been one of the biggest godsends to betters all season long. They're covering right around 80% of their games. They very nearly covered against UW-Green Bay a couple of days ago. They were unable to get the job done there, but they're allowing opponents to be able to shoot 24.8%. So these teams are doing a good job of being able to shut down the three-pointer. You're able to throw in their LSU at number 12. UNC Asheville wound up running through. They're covering 66% of their games. They're 14th. They have been very good. Meanwhile, you take a look at these teams that are at the bottom. Mississippi Valley State is 357th. And if you know anything about Mississippi Valley State, boy, it has not been great for this program. I mean, they are currently 500 against the spread. So they actually have not lost you money, but here's why they are 500 against the spread. Mississippi Valley State, I'm going to read off their spreads right now. They were getting 18 and a half points against Arkansas State. That was a home game. They were getting 20 at home against Nichols, 21 and a half at home against North Alabama, and then against Nichols on the road, 23 and a half against Grand Canyon, 30. They were getting 31 and a half points from Houston, from Cal Baptist. The Lancers of Cal Baptist, they were a 37 and a half point underdog against Vanderbilt, 38 against UAB, 42 against Ole Miss. They actually led that game at the half. It was, was one of the most hilarious things I had ever seen in my life. And then they were a 44-point underdog to St. John's where they lost 119-61. to 61. So, I mean, boy, oh, boy, that factors into that a little bit there. But when it comes to other of these teams, Prairie View is right now a winless team. They are currently 355th in the country with this regard. Morgan State has been one of the biggest disappointments in college basketball all season long. Opponents are shooting 41% from three-point range against them. Houston Baptist, I believe, has covered one game thus far this year. They are clocking in at 350th out of 358 D1 teams. So gauging three-point shooting percentage, the percentage of points that a team allows from three-point range, and the actual three-point shooting percentage, I think really needs to be taken into your handicap because while teams make threes, there are some teams that allow opponents to make more of them than others. So I think that that's absolutely critical. And coming up next, something else that I think is important, taking a look at top players. So we're going to take a look at the odds to be able to win the wooden award. That is right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker that is now available at VSIN.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. 
Head over to vcin.com to get current odds as well as movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game now at vcin.com slash NFL. As it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, coming up on Follow the Money, you are going to be having Stormy Tony along with Tim Murray. If you're listening to me live, that's going to be coming up in about three and a half hours. You're listening on the replay more like 30 minutes from now. It's going to be a lot of fun as they've always got a locked and loaded guest list there. So you're going to be able to have some good shenanigans as well. So it's always great to be able to take a look at that. And what else is great is just being able to take a look at some of the top players in college basketball as well. I always find it very intriguing to be able to take a look at some of these just specialty props and this is odds to be able to win the wooden award. And this is via DraftKings. Now, you do want to note that they are taking out the fold any players in the state of New Jersey. So team guys that play on teams in like Rutgers, Seton Hall, those sorts of schools. So these are taken out of the fold, though, I will say. I don't think that there's anyone from Rutgers or Seton Hall that would be competing for this reward. Jared Roden, I guess, would probably be a guy that would be in like the top 20, top 25-ish, but certainly not a guy that I think would wind up winning it. But if you take a look at it right now, Paulo Boncaro along Drew Timmy are your short shots. They are at 6-1. EJ Liddell from there is at 7-1. O'Shea Ogbaji is 10-1. Jaden Ivey is 12-1. He's over there at Purdue. Oscar Sheboy, 16-1. Kofi Coburn is at 18-1. Now at 20-1, you've got Trace Jackson, J- Davis, Johnny Juzang, Kong Gillespie, Chad Holmgren. 22-1 is Ben Matherin. Johnny Davis is 25 to 1. Jabari Smith is also at 25 to 1, along with Hunter Dickinson. And then from there, Travion Williams, Marcus Carr, Jaime Acas, they're all at 30 to 1. What I think is really intriguing is that I am not seeing Wendell Moore on this list. Wendell Moore, I believe, has been actually the best player on Duke right now. And Paulo Boncaro, as we know, I just read it off. He is currently at 6 to 1. If you're able to find a book that's offering Wendell Moore right now, he's probably way further down the list. Then he deserves to be. And this guy has been absolutely terrific. And Ben Matherin has been a very late ad. This is someone that I don't think was on the board as of this afternoon. So they wanted just adding him. But I take a look at this market and it's very inefficient. I want no part of these short shots. I mean, Drew Timmy has been terrific for Gonzaga. No fans are much about it. But you got to feel like the shine on him might be taken off a little bit because I mean, you've got Chet Holmgren who's right now giving the team three and a half blocks per game. And when you wind up having two dominant big men like this, it sort of cancels themselves out, which is why I also don't advise to play on Travion Williams, who's at 30 to one. Travion Williams is a terrific player. And on just about any other team, he'd be featured sort of in the way that Kofi Coburn is. Kofi Coburn at 18 to one, I feel like is actually very fair value. I probably wouldn't put it much higher, much lower. And if you're looking at the big man, I actually like the best on the board, Oscar Sheboy at 16 to one. He literally out-rebounded Western Kentucky in a game on Wednesday all by himself. I can't remember the last time I've seen one player out-rebound a team all by himself. He had 27 rebounds. I mean, it is absolutely incredible what this guy is doing. When it comes to the percentage of a team's respective shots that wind up getting rebounded on the offensive end, when he was at West Virginia, he was number one in this aspect. He's number one in this aspect once again with Kentucky. The guy is just absolutely amazing at being able to pound the glass. Not a guy that's going to be necessarily flashy, which I do think hurts him a little bit when it comes to this award, but he has been incredible. When it comes to EJ Liddell, I think he's having a great year. I think that he's performing like one of the best players in all of college basketball. The fact that he's on Ohio State and Ohio State is a team that 
right now is not necessarily ranked very highly. I think that that's going to wind up hurting him a little bit more. So I think that that is something that needs to be taken into account. Oshay Ogbashi is a guy that I like. I would probably be putting more like a 15 to 1 personally, but I've been talking about him perhaps being a All-American candidate, being a guy that is able to be sort of in that top five, a guy that's going to be in consideration for the Wooden Award. He's been able to give the team over 20 points, one of the better on-ball defenders that you're able to find in all of college basketball. So here at Tunnel 1, I don't think that there's tons of value, but I think that he's going to be towards the top when it's all said and done. And then there are just guys that you're able to just put a Sharpie in and you're able to cross them out. I mean, I'm taking a look down the list, and I cannot believe that Remy Martin is on this list at 55 to 1. The guy's averaging 10 points per game. He's a solid three-point shooter, but I he's like the third banana on his own team. How is the like third best scorer on his own team supposed to win this award? And why is he listed at 55 to 1 when you wind up having someone like a Justin Bean, who has been nothing short of amazing for Utah State at 75 to 1? Justin Bean is a guy that stands right around six foot eight. He shoots 50% from three. It gives you multiple blocks per game. He gives you 20 points. He gives you 10 rebounds. He has been amazing for this Utah State team. Now, the problem with it is. He's on Utah State, so you do wind up having that, but I will say, Obi Toppin, he was on Dayton last year, now Dayton, obviously, was very, very good a few years ago. They were in line to be able to get a one seed if you wound up having an NCAA tournament played, but I mean, him at 75 to 1, as compared to having someone like, oh boy, Marcus Carr is on this list at 30 to 1. Marcus Carr has been one of the least valuable players in all of college basketball right now. It's as if what he wound up leaving Minnesota and the Barnes, his superpowers just wound up getting taken away. If you watch Texas, he is actually hurting this team, and yet they're saying that he's a top 20 player in all of college basketball. I think that this narrative of Marcus Carr actually being an upgrade for Texas is really, really bad. When Texas wound up picking up Marcus Carr, I have two questions. One, why would Marcus Carr want to be playing in this system? And two, why in the world would Texas want to have him? I mean, this has been a bad fit from the start. I saw this coming all the way around. I, I felt like the Marcus Carr signing over there at Texas actually downgraded them for me because I love Chris Beard. I love the way that he always gets his players to mix and match. I felt like bringing Mac McClung last year was a little bit of a mistake. I would have rather seen him just stick with the guys like Jamarius Burton and company because you wind up having one big giant ball suck in market in Mac McClung. Who he's going to give you 20 points. He's going to do so on 20 shots. And that's Marcus Carr as well. And Marcus Carr has been trying to limit the amount of shots that he takes, but instead he winds up committing a turnover. He doesn't do a great job on the defensive end. This is just a big giant ugly fit. And I think that it's going to wind up t- causing Texas moving forward. It wound up causing Texas a little bit here in the early part of the season. Him being listed at 30 to one is I'm going to call it what it is laughable and a joke. I mean, this guy has been absolutely terrible. If you think that Marcus Carr is a good fit with Texas, I don't know what you're watching right now. So I mean, there is my opinion on him, but I mean, you take a look at Keegan Murray at 40 to one. That's good value right there. Keegan Murray has been incredible for this Iowa team. A guy that's in six foot 80. He's able to give you a double, double every single game north of 20 points per game. A guy that's able to shoot very well from three point range. He gives you a block per game. He gives you a seal per game. I mean, if he would have been out there in that game against Purdue, I'm not saying that Iowa would have won that game outright, but there's a good chance that that would have been like a one possession game with like a minute left. This guy is a game changer. I absolutely love his game. So him at 40 to one is something I could sign up for. And then you just, when when you take a look at some of these guys, they just have no shot whatsoever. Like you've got Jalen Duran, who's at Memphis, who has been one of the biggest floundering disappointments all season long at 45 to one. I mean, unless if Memphis wins out out there in the American, 
I, just with his team's play alone, he's not able to vie for this award now. He does a solid job down low, but once again, a guy that doesn't necessarily offer a lot of sizzle, so that is something that I certainly can't combine. I think that if you're looking at the guys that are less than 30 to 1, Johnny Davis would right now be the guy that I'd be taking a look at. And Jabari Smith is also at 25 to 1. I think that both of these guys offer relatively solid value. Jabari Smith is going to be a lottery pick. He's been absolutely amazing for this Auburn team, right around 18 points, 7 rebounds. A guy that at his size shoots 47% from three, and it's an Auburn team that has surprised a lot of people. He's got all the elements that you want for a good sleeper guy. And Johnny Davis is literally Wisconsin basketball right now. It's a crying shame that we didn't get that game against George Mason because I wanted to see this guy. Johnny Davis is a walk bucket 21 points six rebounds he's able to give you multiple assists he's the only guy in wisconsin that's shooting three wisconsin right now finds themselves where they are right now because of johnny davis and johnny davis alone he has not played in two games for wisconsin this year in those two games they lost outright on their home floor to providence the other game they wound up getting taken to a three-point game against nichols to put this into perspective Nichols wound up losing at Oregon by double or at Oregon State by double digits. An Oregon State team that has one other win, and that's against Portland State. They wound up losing on their home floor to Sam Iamford. They wound up losing to UC Davis, a team that lost on their home floor by double digits to Academy of the Arts. Yes, Academy of the Arts actually exists. They lost on their home floor by double digits to them. I mean, it was just Picasso-esque as to how bad of a calamity that was. And then they also lost on their home floor to Princeton. I mean, that tells you just how much this guy means to this team. I mean, you've had Brad Davidson chipping in a little bit, but I mean, this is what's got the team that they shoot 29.5% from three-point range. If they're not going through Johnny Davis, I mean, they're probably playing games in the 40, night in and night out. So, I mean, you just don't have a lot of value there. And then you got Kevin O'Banner at 60-1. to 1. This guy's like the fourth option on Texas Tech right now. His teammate, Terrence Shannon, who's been the top scorer for them, is 100-1. to 1. So I have no idea how that winds up working out. I think that that is just very, very sad. And Andre Corbello at 75-1. to 1. If you're looking for odds to not win the award because they don't offer the no, I, I would just wind up saying, yeah, you know what, Andre Corbello, he's not going to win the award. I mean, he's played three games this year for Illinois. So he hasn't even been out there on the floor. And in the game that he played against Marquette, he single-handedly cost his team the game, and yet he's here at 75 to 1. I don't know. So I think that you're seeing a relatively inefficient market here with a couple long shots that go out of cashing for you. And coming up in the final segment, we're going to be taking a look at some games that I think are going to be intriguing for Christmas, both on the NBA and NFL board. That's next right here on the lookout on VSIM, the Sports Bank Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today and you'll also receive our daily best bets, emails, weekly betting guides. 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every single bowl game on the slate for just $39. That is at vcin.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson. Final segment for you, me, if you're listening live, you get three more hours of Greg Peterson. So that is, in my opinion, a good thing. Others might disagree, but I think that it's a good thing. If you're listening to the replay in 15 minutes, Stormy Bond and Tony along with Tim Murray are going to be hosting Follow the Money. They've got Brad Powers, Gary Grambling coming up. Gary Grambling over there at the MMQB. Brad Powers does a terrific job handicapping college football. Ben Hartstock, who does a great job as an ESPN analyst when it comes to college football. And then Lionel Hollins as well, a former all-star out there in the NBA and a very good player in his own right, along with being a coach. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And behind the scenes, I had my producer, Jason Kahn, ask me what the mascot is of our good friends, the Academy of the Arts, a real D2 university out there in San Francisco, the Urban Knights. And is there anything more random than the Urban Knights? I don't know what they were thinking there. I've heard of the Golden Knights. I've heard of the Dark Knights. I've heard of the Black Knights. I've not heard of the Urban Knights. Are they just like a bunch of people that... They wind up going out there in like a city landscape and like their sheet of armor being like, we are the Golden Knights or we are the Urban Knights, I should say. And also when it comes to Urban Knights, apparently they were a band in like the mid-1990s. So I mean, this just went down a very, very bad rabbit hole, which you're able to do when it comes to college basketball with just how random some of these teams are. But with that said, we're going to get to things that you could actually make money on rather than laughing at the Urban Knights and how they were able to beat Picasso in the paint against UC Davis earlier this season. But when it comes to this NFL card, it certainly is an interesting one. We do have two games that are going to be coming up for Christmas. Unfortunately, 
the bowl game that we were supposed to be getting between Hawaii and Memphis, we are not going to be getting that or else I would at the very least be able to provide you a little bit of something there, but I'm able to provide you a little bit of something when it comes to this Browns versus Packers game that's going to be coming up in two days with the Packers. They open up in a lot of spots right around seven point favorite. You've seen this move pretty much across the board to a seven and a half and your total on this game is 46. As we know, the Cleveland Browns have been certainly dealing with their fair share of COVID-19 issues. Now, the good news is it looks like they're going to have a lot of players that are going to be cleared for these games. So that is going to be very critical. You got to figure that one of Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum is going to be able to play in this game. If they don't, that is going to be a total calamity. It seems as though when it comes to Mayfield, his quarantine period is going to be up on Friday. So he should be able to play in. I would argue that perhaps being able to get a week off is actually not the worst thing in the world for Baker Mayfield because you saw him playing the last few weeks prior to him being out due to COVID-19. He's just a banged up guy that just needed a little bit of rest. You could tell that I feel like, in my opinion, he probably wouldn't have been playing in these games if it wasn't for the fact that he is trying to play for a contract. He's trying to prove that he's a $200-plus quarterback and he doesn't want to be pretty much replaced by a lesser guy like a Case Keenum, who the Browns would be able to sign for significantly less money. Now, you take a look at some of the other guys when it comes to this Cleveland Browns team, and you've got J.C. Treader, who was just placed on the COVID-19 list. That is going to be a big loss. I mean, he is a very solid center for the team, but at the very least, you've got a lot of your key weapons back out there for this Browns team when it comes to Jarvis Landry. He's been a guy that has been dealing with a lot of ailments himself, but now he was dealing with COVID-19. Seems like he's going to be back out there as well. So you got a lot of moving parts. When it comes to actually betting on this game, I would say you probably want to be waiting for a little bit more information just because it is a murky situation, especially when it comes to defense, because you wind up having pretty much the entire secondary of the Browns not be able to play last week. It seems like a lot of these guys are going to be back. And then you do have an injury that is not related to COVID surrounding Miles Garrett as well. So you've got a lot when it comes to the Browns. But even with all this, I'd be taking a look at the Packers in this spot because I do think that the Packers should be able to just manhandle this team. They are going to be without Marcus Valdez scandling, but they don't wound up just activating David Bakhtiari off of injured reserve. So there's a chance that he might be able to play in this game. I want to be taking a look a little bit more at more information with regards to that. And Billy Turner has been dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. He has been ruled out. So this is going to be an offensive line of the Packers that is going to be a little bit hampered, but I think that the run game of the Packers is going to be able to help out with this as well. And as we know, it's cold right now out there in the great state of Wisconsin because that's what winds up happening in the northern part of the country when it comes to the season. I think that they're going to be featuring a heavy dose of Aaron Jones. Jones has not really been able to get much going in recent weeks. He has had 13 carries or fear in each of the last five. They've really been going away from him. I think that they're going to wind up featuring he and A.J. Dillon a little bit more when it comes to Dillon. He's really been able to come to the forefront for this team. He wound up having that two-touchdown game against the Seattle Seahawks a few weeks ago. He's actually been seeing a little bit more of the bulk of the carries, but I do think that when it comes down to it, Aaron Jones is going to be a little bit better equipped to be able to take on this front seven and secondary of the of the Browns. So I think that that's a big factor that you got to be taking a look at. And when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, the guy has been just so precise in recent weeks as well. A guy that has 30 touchdowns, four interceptions overall this season, but he's really been able to do his best work the last four weeks of the season. How about being able to throw for 14 touchdowns or 13 touchdowns to zero interceptions. He's been completing 69 plus percent of his passes 
three of the last four weeks, which has been actually a little bit up for him. He's been completing about 68% of them this season. He obviously wound up getting off to that bad start of the year against the New Orleans Saints, but ever since then, this guy's been money. And then you take a look at the Packers defense and Kenny Clark, who has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. He is going to be back in the fold for the team. So I think that that's going to be able to help them out. They are still dealing with the injury to Jair Alexander. He's currently on injured reserve, but I mean, you got guys like Darnell Savage and company in the secondary who I think are going to be able to do a solid job with the weather getting down in Green Bay. I think that this recent run of overs that we're seeing, I do think that it is going to wind up coming to an end just because I do feel like this Browns offense has badly regressed. So if I'm looking at anything right now, I'm looking at the Packers and the under, I'm going to be waiting for a little bit more information when it comes to what we're going to be seeing out of the Cleveland Browns, just with regards to especially that defense, because you still do have quite a few question marks there. And obviously you want to be making sure that the guys that we're actually expecting to play are going to be playing because when it comes to the nature of the beast that is COVID-19, it certainly is rearing its ugly head with regards to sports and it's causing a lot of star players and games in general to wind up getting postponed slash canceled. So it certainly is a bad situation there. And I'm going to be touching upon more of these NBA games when it comes to the nightcap. But I do think that the Warriors versus Suns game that we're going to be getting is very intriguing. As If you take a look at the look at lines, because a lot of books wound up posting these up like way before the season even started. The look at line for Suns versus the Warriors was right around three and a half points. Right now at DraftKings, I'm right now seeing the Suns as a five-point favorite, and you're finding a total of 127 and a half. We have seen a lot of no sides when it comes to these totals from what we wound up seeing on look at lines, by the way, just because of the way that the NBA season has went, the way that guys have been dealing with the new, I guess you could call it rules with regards to not being able to draw fouls. But I like the Suns at the same time. I don't think that they should be laying five points in this spot because with the Golden State Warriors, this has been the best team in all of basketball at being able to mix and match. You've been dealing with all the injuries that you've had. Clay Thompson has yet to be able to get back out there on the floor for this team. And yet still, this is a team that has been firing on all cylinders. So no uh, James Wiseman as well. I feel like that's something that is a little bit underrated. Now, the big thing when it comes to the Warriors is that they are going to be dealing with some of the health being out of the fold for this team. It seems as though Andrew Wiggins is now in health and safety protocols for the Golden State Warriors and Jordan Poole. Ditto for him, but you still have that guy by the name of Steph Curry. And Steph Curry is right now by far the MVP. You're finding him at DraftKings at plus 130. And honestly, I think that that's a little bit low because I mean, he has been dominant. 27 points per game. And he's shooting 40% from three-point range. And that's because he's been a little bit colder in recent games. The guy has been absolutely carrying the scene. But the understudies for the Warriors have really been able to step up for this team as well. You take a look at Draymond Green, a guy that has never necessarily been a great scorer, but I mean, this guy is right now the front runner for defensive player of the year. He has been absolutely amazing at being able to hold it down for a Warriors team that they have been legitimately just incredible on that side of the ball. But you even take a look at someone like a Gary Porter the second. He's been able to give this team some good moments. He's probably going to be stepping up a little bit more with Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, along Damian Lee, likely out of the fold. And it looks like Andre Iguodala is not going to be playing as well. He doesn't necessarily do too much, but that becomes all the more significant when you wind up having Poole and Wiggins out of the fold. But even a guy like a Juan Toscano Anderson, you may laugh at Juan Toscano Anderson, but I mean, he's already dropped double figures in quite a few games this season. Then you take a look at the Phoenix Suns ever since they wound up having that. I think it was like one and two start to the year. The team has been absolutely amazing. You now have Devin Booker back in the fold for the team. So I've been able to help them out. Chris Paul has been doing just everything for the team in general, but when it comes to the Suns team, they have been able to have just great production out of 
DeAndre Aiden all season long, but I do think that this is a Warriors team that they're going to be out for blood after what you wound up seeing earlier in the season from these two teams. They wound up splitting the series that they wound up having a few weeks ago, so I do think that this is a Warriors team that they're going to come out hungry. I don't know if they're going to be able to win outright due to the COVID-19 guys are going to be out full, but I think that they've got a good shot of being able to cover this game, and we've always got you covered right here at on VSIN. If you're listening live, you got three more hours of me. If you're listening to the replay, follow the money is X right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is. This is. This is. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.